When the Apostle Paul was met by the Lord Jesus, Paul began to realize that in God's purpose, plan, will, and economy, everything is centered on a person. Nothing is religious. Everything is personal. It was a person, the God-man, who set the pattern of a God-man living, a life of denying the self to express God. It was a person who, as the Lamb of God, died on the cross for our redemption. And this person is our Savior. There is now in the highest heavens a person, the glorified, resurrected, ascended, exalted, God-man Jesus, who is now the Lord of the entire universe. The name of this person is above every name. And this wonderful person is also the life-giving spirit dwelling in us and living in us right now. And because he is a person, not only with divinity, but with a full, perfect humanity, even a humanity deified, sunized, glorified. Because of this, he is full of feeling, thought, intention, desire, longing, expectation. And there is a fresh sense within me this morning that as we're gathering here in the name of a person, opening our being to this wonderful person, the Lord right now is full of intense, almost indescribable longing. He is not merely in a transcendent realm with his glorified body, observing the earth and executing God's administration. He is doing this, but he's not doing this in an unfeeling way. There is in his heart a profound longing. And he needs to have believers on the earth who are willing for the desire of God's heart to become the desire of their heart. 
Because only then will their prayers and their service match what is in the Lord. And the Lord's deepest longing, and I say again, right now, in a living way, is to return to the earth for his bride. He is longing for his bride. He gave himself up for her. He shed his blood to redeem her. He released his life to regenerate her. Now he is ministering in every possible way to perfect her, to develop her, to build her up, to beautify her. The more we touch, even live in the inward parts of Christ, the more we will sense this, we will sense in the Lord as a person this indescribable, I say again, longing for his bride. Then as we allow him to live in our inward parts, displacing natural, unnecessary human feeling with his own, then that longing will be in us. And there is really no telling what kind of change it will affect in a person. When this one, sister or brother, young or older, is now in touch with the inner being of the glorified Christ, in his longing for the, his counterpart. And now this longing is yours. And no matter what our human situation is and how it needs to be cared for, there is something in our own being that rises above and prevails over any human longing or need. And that is the longing in us that the Lord whom we love and to whom we have offered ourselves gladly in consecration, that the desire of his heart will finally be satisfied. And that we would like to contribute to this. That our sojourn on earth, our living as believers, our participation in the church life, would contribute to this. And we sense also deep within that although the Lord cares for us, and seeks to satisfy us, yet we realize we cannot be fully satisfied. We cannot actually have blissful satisfaction 
until the Lord's heart's desire has been fulfilled and he is satisfied. Amen. In the Lord there is also a significant but compared to the bride secondary longing. This is the longing to return as the king of kings and recover the entire earth as his God-given inheritance. An earth rid of the evil works of the devil who will be cast into the abyss. He is the appointed heir. Psalm 2 reveals he will inherit the entire earth with all the nations. The earth really matters to him. He is the one who destroyed the devil on the cross. He is the one who crushed the serpent's head. He is the one who walked out of Hades in resurrection with the keys of death and Hades. And he is now waiting for his bride to become the warrior, to match him, so he can return, turn the age, recover the earth, abolish human government, and establish the kingdom of God for a thousand years. Now this deep desire in the Lord's inner being depends for its fulfillment on one thing. This one thing is the key to it all. And when this one thing takes place in the local churches, through the saints who will be the overcomers. We don't know who is who now. When the Lord has that to the degree that he needs, the end will come. What is it that the Lord must have in this age with believers on the earth in local churches? This is not for the future. This is not for heaven. This is for now. We are in the age of the church. And the matter that you're waiting to hear is the building up of the church as the body of Christ. The building up of the body is the goal of God's economy. And in the last 500 years, the Lord's recovery has advanced in truth and life and practice until in the 1930s in China, there was a tremendous breakthrough with the ministry of Brother Watchman Nee to see the vision of the glorious church the body of Christ. And in 1939, 
the year of my birth, he was ministering on this at the age of 37. To be able to speak such a thing at an early age, believe it or not, 37 is young and relatively early. What did he go through? What did he experience? Then to live in this body, to perfect brother knee, perhaps is the only one who could match him in seeing this. There was a great turn in the Lord's move in his recovery. Then when the world situation changed and Brother Nee understood the change, the commission, Brother Lee, you cannot stay here. Otherwise, we will lose everything. You must go out. First to Taiwan, then to the U.S. And from the U.S. to the whole earth. And the Lord has continued to recover the God-ordained way and the high peak of the divine revelation and organic salvation and the God-men living and the vision of the new revival and the mutual shepherding and the goal of the Lord's recovery right now is this, the building up of the body of Christ. His goal is not gospel preaching merely. Gospel preaching is for the body. All the ministry, all the trainings, all the churches are for this. Now to try to impress you a little further at how crucial this is as a pivot in the whole world situation. The building up of the body as Brother Nee unfolds in the glorious church is the preparation of the bride. When the body is built up, the bride is prepared. What comes out of Christ is his body. That very same reality, when presented to Christ, is his counterpart, his bride. Now, this is the situation. And we're talking about a period of three and a half years. Once this period begins, nothing will stop it. It will bring about the most radical dispensational change the earth has ever seen. When the body is built up according to the Lord's intention, only a minority will actually participate in it. But they will be the overcomers representing all the believers so the Lord can say, I completed what I wanted in this age. Then the bride will be raptured just before the three and a half years of the great tribulation. Then the tribulation will be on the earth according to prophecy. And the bride will have her wedding day, at least the beginning, and enter the wedding feast. 
And toward the end of that three and a half years, during which the Lord will gradually, in a hidden way, descend, toward the very end, when Israel's situation is impossible for the Israeli Defense Force, it will be impossible. They are about to be annihilated. Their only recourse, according to prophecies in the Old Testament, will be to pray, Lord, rend the heavens and come down. We appeal to you. At that point, the bride becomes the army. If the Lord would say, dear, we were enjoying the wedding feast, now we got to take care of something. But what are we going to take care of? The enemy and his armies were going to fight to Armageddon. Well, what do I wear when I go to fight at Armageddon? Dear wife, your wedding garment is your uniform. You don't have to change. One reason I married you is that you're a warrior bride. Okay? So now the Lord descends. He is manifested. According to 2 Thessalonians 2, he consumes the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth, with the brightness of his parousia, and the enemy is destroyed. Then this army becomes the corporate smiting stone that strikes the ten toes of the great image, causing human government to disappear from the earth. Wow, no more polls, no more politicking, no more talking heads, no more elections, no more presidential campaigns starting three years before the election. It's all over. No more blue states, no more red states, no more states. Then the stone becomes a great mountain filling the whole earth and that mountain is the kingdom of God. In three and a half years, this transition takes place. Seemingly not that much is happening. The world situation is being reconfigured by the sovereign Lord. But inwardly, in the lives of many who are living in the inward parts of Christ Jesus, who is living in their inward parts, a building is taking place when the Lord said it's sufficient. The body becomes the bride. Then the bride becomes the army. The army becomes the stone, and the stone becomes the mountain. We can trace this backwards. The mountain is the kingdom for which we are to pray, and for which the Lord is longing. In order to have the mountain, we must have the stone. In order to have the stone, we must have the army. In order to have the army, we must have the bride. In order to have the bride, we must have the body. The body is the goal. I realize this is something much further along in the experience of life, but we can at least see something, be impressed with something, give ourselves to the Lord to what we see. 
we can present ourselves to him to lead us on in the growth in life until eventually we touch this reality. We will advance together and we're governed by this word. We will all arrive eventually. With this as the background, and I do, believe, I do believe the Lord is standing with us and the Lord is agreeing with us that we are representing him faithfully. This is his longing. This is his will and intention. We're not just going along in a routine way, in a vague way. We have a sense of goal. And the ministry again and again, until my last breath, I must release this burden. Then there, may there be hundreds of younger ministers of the word who will carry out the same thing until the end. We will never let you forget the goal of the Lord's recovery is the building up of the body of Christ in the local churches. And for this, we need to live in the inward parts of Christ Jesus for the building up of the body of Christ. I cannot adequately review what we covered in the two messages yesterday. I can only say this. Christ as a man, and he still has his humanity, has all the human inward parts, the deep feelings, the tenderness of heart, the, the emotion, the thoughts, the love, all of this. And Paul, as the pattern, testified that he lived in the inward parts of Christ Jesus. I long after you all in the inward parts of Christ. So we need to know Christ according to his inner being. And realize to abide in him is not like to just stay in an empty room. We are abiding in a person, living in a person who is very active inwardly and has concerns and feelings. He's aware of every member of his body. He's burdened for human beings. He cares for all the churches. So as we are living in him, we're living in his inward parts and we're sensing this and we're being one with this. Then we need to allow this Christ to live in our inward parts. To touch all those things which make us self-centered. And give us the capacity by his living in us to express what is in his inward parts. This is a very deep, personal, and affectionate love relationship with the Lord. Then we saw last night that a sweet and pleasant church life flows out of this. Philemon, a brother in the church in Colossae, was noted by Paul for refreshing the inward parts of the saints. Or, to be more exact, the inward parts of the saints were refreshed through him. 
Paul's inward parts went with Onesimus, his spiritual child. Paul asked Philemon to refresh his inward parts in Christ. This is where Paul is living, where Philemon is living. This is the living out of the new man. Remember this awesome matter that verse 12 of chapter 3 comes after verse 11. Astounding. In 10 and 11, you put on the new man where there's no this and that, but Christ is all and in all. And verse 12, you put on inward parts, which means experientially, putting on the inward parts of Christ equals putting on the new man. What does it look like? Well, it looks like the book of Philemon, where we see two characteristics. The first is a sweet and pleasant church life, issuing from the believers, being refreshed in their inward parts, living in Christ's inward parts. The second is a church life, where everyone is of equal status. All divisive factors have been terminated by the death of Christ. And so no one is loved less, no one is loved more. There's no partiality, no discrimination. In such a church, and I wonder what really happened in Colossae. I hope we can get a report in the kingdom age. But there could be a church life where a slave is an elder and the master is just a brother. How about that? There's no revolutionary change to the social system. Although I believe certain masters would say, I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I, I'm releasing you unconditionally. I can't do this. But we're not there in that outward realm. The Lord cares more than those really burdened for social justice. He cares more about social justice than any other person. So here you have this church life lived in such a way. But this church life, as sweet and pleasant as it is, is actually a procedure, meaning it's not in it of itself the goal. The goal is something mystical, universal, intangible, beyond space and time, yet real. That is the body of Christ as the intrinsic significance of the church. I don't know what the consciousness is of many of the truly middle-aged, advanced middle-aged saints in this area who have been in the Lord's recovery for a few decades. But I do know something can set in, and actually it's not negative. You just can't go back to the days of ecstasy when you were 20-something and recklessly consecrating yourself, and the fire of the Lord's recovery was burning in you. Just a lot of stuff has happened. And you're still here somehow, but not like that. 
And there's a, a sense in you, the church life, is this all there is? I'm not deeply satisfied. Okay, you are not negative. That is the spirit in you causing you to long for the reality of the body of Christ in your church life. We're not going back to Eldon Hall, the days of our innocence, so delightful. Just as I cannot go back to sixth grade, I was captain of the safety patrol. Maybe in this part of the world you know you have this white belt, and I got to ride my bike, and I got a badge, and I got to check on all the others. Then I go to Tappan Junior High, and what? I'm at the bottom again. I can't go back. And so I believe in many of you is a longing that perhaps you have not understood. You long for something more, personally. And that is the reality of the body actually coming to pass in the church life. Okay, now we can go through this outline. Also, in good time, so there would be at least 25 minutes for response. At least that's how I view it now. We'll have to see what actually happens. One, God's economy is to produce and build up the body of Christ. This body fulfills God's desire for his expression and the destruction of Satan. It fulfills Genesis 1.26 through 28. God's economy is that God became man so that man may become God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead, to produce the organism of the triune God, the body of Christ, which consummates the new Jerusalem. Don't you consider every part of your body you? If someone would step on your toe, would you say, kindly remove your foot from that extremity called the toe on the floor? You would say, don't step on me. Whenever I was trying to kind of cherish my wife or warm her up, maybe touch her on the shoulder, she never said, don't touch my scapula. <laughs> she said, don't touch me. As if every part of you is part of this me. Okay. Okay, so our body is the illustration. Every part of your body is part of you. And every part of the body of Christ is part of Christ. So it has to share the life and nature of Christ. It has to be the same as Christ in this limited way. That's to become God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. B, the Lord's recovery is for the building up of the body of Christ. Okay. This is what the recovery is for, especially now. If you were in Wittenberg with Luther, 
the Lord's recovery would have been for the justification, you know, the truth of justification by faith. If you had been with Darby and the brethren, the Lord's recovery would have been something else. But that's not when you were born, and that's not where you were born. Those of you that are young, let's just say under 35, you were born into the most crucial time in this age. Maybe some of us that are not young will finish our course. We won't see the end. If that's the case, we would like to end with the assurance, you're going to finish it. Amen. You're going to finish the job. Surpass us. That's what's in our heart. Surpass us. Go farther than us. Someone's got to finish it. So, okay, you'll be first fruits. We'll be man child. We'll meet you there. And when we meet there, we'd like to hear you say, Brothers, we did it. I say, Praise the Lord. This is real. I'm not dreaming here. This is where we are. So the highest peak of the Lord's recovery that can actually carry out God's economy is for God to produce not many local churches in a physical way, but the body of Christ as his organism. You have to have the local churches in a physical way. Otherwise, there's no way for the body to be built up in reality and practicality. But we could have 50,000 local churches on the earth. And the Lord would not come back simply because the number has reached 50,000. He would like to look at that, that situation and discern, is there the reality of the body of Christ in all the churches? It's somewhat like, let's just say, let's take the Philippines, because I happen to enjoy mangoes, especially when I go there. If someone has a mango grove and he boasts in how many mango trees he has, and he has other now plantations and planting more trees. Okay, I come being really innocent. Do you have any mangoes? Well, why do you have to be so technical? <laughs> no, I don't have any mangoes. Well, aren't mangoes the purpose of a mango tree and the essence of a mango tree? Will you show me a mango? So some brothers, especially when South America was starting to open up, they boasted in the hundreds of churches or so-called churches. So let's say they're mango trees. Then, then we come down for a visit and we acknowledge all the trees. There aren't any mangoes. Then some are offended. They criticized us. They're not criticizing anybody. I'm, I just would like a mango. Okay, the local churches are the mango trees. How are you going to have mangoes or apples or whatever 
without the tree as the procedure. So the body is the fruit that the Lord is looking for. The work of the triune God in us is to produce and build up the body of Christ. So this part is the vision. Now in section 2, we begin to touch the experiential reality, which is our emphasis. Paul lived in the reality of the body of Christ by taking Christ's feeling as his own feeling. I'd like to refer to something I mentioned yesterday. In Acts 9, Paul really had a feeling about the churches and the believers. And his feeling was so one with the devil that he saw was breathing out murder. He wanted to kill the believers. He would come uninvited into home meetings, break them up, drag both sisters and brothers to the court, the Sanhedrin. Then he said, this is his own word, when the vote was for the penalty, he would vote death. So woe, was he ever a man of feeling. But he met both the head and the body at the same time. Expressed in this word, me. Why do you persecute me? And he was shattered. Then we know from Acts 22.14 that Paul was chosen to know God's will and to see the righteous one and to hear the voice of his mouth. God showed him specifically the vision of the body and gained him to live in the body. So he began to take Christ's feeling for the body as his own feeling. This is quite crucial. Because if we only have our own feelings about matters, persons, churches, then two things will happen, and neither one of them is good. We'll eventually say or do something according to our own feeling, which we trust. And we may have this kind of thought, I feel it, therefore it is. It has to be this way because I feel it. Or it can't be real because I don't feel it. Then having our own feeling cuts us off from sensing the Lord's feeling. Surely when Stephen was dying, the Lord had a very different feeling about Stephen than the persecutors did. They were stoning him. The Lord stood up. He was looking at the situation. He saw his duplication. Stephen was dying as a duplication of Christ. How do we know? He prayed, Lord, do not hold this against them. Echoing the Lord's word on the cross. At the end, Lord, receive my spirit, echoing the Lord's word on the cross. 
So the Lord has a feeling about everything, especially related to his body, the churches, and all the saints. I've been dwelling by musing on this verse in 1 Peter 5. Peter says, casting your anxieties on him, for it matters to him concerning you. It matters. Everything that matters to you matters to him because you're part of him, an indispensable part. One day, I was very much in learning mode, but the Lord had mercy on me and upon the sad sister who called me. She was just down. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a learner. I'm about 32 years old and trying to bear responsibility. I mean, Brother Lee said, it's up to you brothers, you ones who are there. So she called and said, among other things, I believe the church can go on without me. So what would you say to a kind of depressed sister who called you? I think that it doesn't matter whether I'm here or not. The church can go on without me. So I had to say something. So I'll tell you what I said. Then you can weigh it, okay? If you have a feeling about it, you can just send an email, ronkangas at gmail, and you, if you want to cast your vote, you can. If you want to cast a stone, you can. Okay. So this is what I felt to tell her. I'm, I'm seeking the Lord for something. I felt I had to be truthful. You can't comfort people by lying to them or being political to them. So this is what I said. I said, Sister... The church can go on without you, but not nearly as well as with you. I suppose if you cut off my two little fingers, I could go on. But certainly not as well. And so the Lord has this kind of feeling for all of us. But it's not sufficient that he alone has this feeling. More and more, we need to have the same feeling. So Paul did this. Okay, A, Paul took the inward parts of Christ Jesus as his own inward parts in caring for the body of Christ. As a result, Christ's feeling for the body became his own feeling for the body. Like Paul, we should take the feeling of the head as our own feeling. This is most necessary in living the body life. So we may have feelings, but when we come to the Lord and we're touching the church, we need to let go. And the brothers taking the lead should take the lead. To let go. And sisters, this is not easy. It's not easy for you to let go of particular feelings. But we need to. Then we contact the Lord in love, and he is full of feeling. Then there's the possibility 
for him to transmit that feeling to us. See, since we are members of the body, we should have a feeling for the body by living in the inward parts of Christ Jesus, thereby living a body life in the inward parts of Christ Jesus. Now we're advancing. It's not only the church life, which is visible and practical, but the body life, which is invisible, mystical, yet divine. This morning, some brothers were praying, and one brother mentioned a brother who had been suffering with a terminal illness for whom we prayed yesterday. At 6.30 this morning, he finished his course and went to be with the Lord. And I think I might have met this brother many years ago, but I was not related to him in a practical way. But we all had feelings. And I believe the feeling was not just human feeling, but the Lord's feeling. Especially for the wife and the daughter. And so we could pray out of the Lord's feeling for these members of the body whose situation matters. But if we have our own feeling or our own view that interferes, but if we could be one with the Lord, if I had seen the body, the brother, I don't know if I would have recognized him. But he's a member, I'm in the body, there's suffering in the body, the whole body becomes aware of it. Not just to be aware of it, but to take action, to minister life, Maybe to fight on behalf of someone. To protect someone. I want to mention now something I mentioned not long ago. This happened in 1974. And much of that year was a time of very intense suffering for Brother Lee. Including physical suffering related to needing two surgeries on his eye. And the summer training on the life study of Romans had to be changed in nature and the life study of Romans postponed. But when he had recovered and was meeting with the church again, he said something. Why, I don't know. But it got into me. And for decades, I was from time to time inquiring of the Lord. So Brother Lee is there in his affliction and he's fellowshipping with the Lord and the Lord said to him, pray to be prayed for. Brother Lee never explained and maybe my understanding is not accurate. Why would the Lord say pray to be prayed for? Okay, I believe for at least two reasons. One is the Lord knows Brother Lee is living in the body and is dependent on the body for the supply. Brother Lee also knows this supply is released through prayers. Furthermore, 
the Lord knows that hardly anyone is living in the body at that point. Because they're not living in the body, they don't have a sense about brotherly's need. Because they don't have a sense, they don't pray. If they don't pray, there's no supply. This is Philippians chapter 1. This will turn to my salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. But in the last couple of years especially, one critical thing happened. And that became real. I had to sit before the Lord and just tell him, I need the supply of the body. Otherwise, there's, there's no way through this. There's no way. But thank the Lord the body is real and more saints have the feeling. Because they have the feeling, they respond. They may respond by praying. They may respond by visiting. They may respond by providing something practical. The Lord really wants this. The deepest sufferings are unknown. And they cannot be made known. The Lord will not allow that one to make it known. But if, it's, if they're not made known, then how will there be the prayer? Some ones will just sense something. A sister is ironing, doing the laundry, or whatever. Someone is driving. You just have the sense. Pray for so-and-so. You've experienced this. Pray for so-and-so. Oh, just imagine if the Lord could have saints praying for everything and everyone he wanted prayer for 24-7. This is the benefit of being in different time zones. Sometimes he has no recourse other than to wake somebody up. And this has happened to some of you. You just wide awake and why am I awake? Um, I took melatonin and it doesn't seem to be long lasting. I took Tylenol PM for my jet lag. Well, you can go back to sleep once you release something. Then you release it. See? So we can relate to this. Now three, we need to know the body in life. To know it in truth is wonderful. To have a vision is excellent. But in life, the body of Christ is formed by Christ as life in us. This life mingles with us to become the body of Christ. So Christ as life in us is the body. We all took a fragment of the bread. There was one whole loaf on the table. Now this loaf still exists, but a portion of it is in each one of us. That signifies Christ as life in each one of us is the body. The more Christ's life increases in you, the more the body grows. This is how the body is built up. If we would know the body and live in the reality of the body, we must deal with the flesh, the self, and the natural constitution. Only when the flesh has been dealt with, the self has been abandoned, and the natural constitution has been broken, 
can we touch the reality of the body? Uh, this merits a couple minutes of some development because this is crucial in life. In our spirit, we have Christ as life, and Christ as life is the life of the body with the consciousness of the body. But this is encased by three layers, and they are strong the flesh, the self, and the natural constitution. Probably as part of my presentation with the dear middle-aged saints, we'll say more about this. But if brothers and sisters do not thoroughly pass through this stage, they cannot have the feeling of the body to any significant degree. Because with these three layers, there are feelings. Oh, self-consciousness. That just swallows up everything. Sometimes the comfort the trainees after their attempts to prophesy or share, I let them know. I say, I know what happens. As soon as you speak, you sit down. It's like a swirl of self-consciousness takes over. You become intensely conscious of yourself. You have no idea what's going on in the meeting. Maybe after seven minutes, like you come up to the surface. Like you, you've been down there in this whirlpool. You pop up to the surface and you realize, oh, I'm in a ministry meeting and so-and-so is speaking. I gave a prophecy. Then my self-consciousness took over my whole being. Okay, you're not strange. You're just like everybody else until the Lord can touch us. Then with our natural constitution, all of these stand in the way of our knowing the body. That is why we have the stanzas in hymn 837. No, I'm not trying to trap you sisters, but... You did sing stanza seven, right? May I gently remind you, break all the natural life for us. Deal thou with each but independent way, right? Well, this has to happen, not so that we kind of become kind of oddly spiritual beings. The goal is that the life in us, which is the life of the body, can enter into our consciousness. And as, instead of being so self-conscious and subjective about everything and relating everything to ourselves, we have the capacity to be aware of the body. Now, to talk about extreme subjectivity, every once in a while, I get an email, someone responding to a message or to a class in the training, and saying something, it's just utterly incredible. Once I was teaching a class on the New Jerusalem. Okay, we're talking about aspects of the New Jerusalem. And a, a middle-aged sister was auditing the class as she had the freedom to do. And she had an obsessive love 
for a younger brother. And so she wrote me saying, I realize that you were talking about me and so-and-so. I had no thought of either you or so-and-so or any other so-and-so. I'm just talking about the new Jerusalem. And you think I'm talking about you, that I'm picking on you. I, I, I don't want to disappoint you, but I wasn't even thinking about you. Well, I think you'll really be happy when you're delivered from that, right? I think you'll really be glad. Don't, don't fear being delivered from this intense subjectivity that, oh, this person didn't smile at me when I passed by. Actually, they didn't even know that you passed by. But you're attributing to them all kinds of hostile feelings. So you think about it, you take in the thought, this person doesn't like me, and if they don't like me, then I'm not going to like them back, and then I'm not going to have anything to do with them. Then you're erupting inwardly over nothing. Believe me, it's a release to be delivered from this kind of subjectivity, and you're not left empty. You can sense the Lord's feeling about things. Okay, point four. The more we live in the inward parts of Christ Jesus and allow Christ to live in our inward parts, the more we will have the consciousness of the body of Christ. Okay. Now, please, don't sit there right now trying to have the consciousness of the body or you get subjective. How conscious I am of the body, okay? If you're thinking that right now, that is a sign you're only conscious of your self-consciousness about being conscious of the body, okay? So some of you that are thoughtful and kind of deep, you may want to exercise. Okay, now we're on the consciousness of the body. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be conscious of the body. Now. <laughs> Then you look at the, your companion. Uh, are you getting anything? <laughs> Forget about it. Okay. You will not be conscious of the body until the, the spirit, through his discipline, and life through its growth, starts to remove the hindrances. Then spontaneously, there will be an inner awareness. You may say, I don't have this inner awareness. I'm pathetic. I'm fallen. I'm degraded. I'm hopeless. Now you're being subjective again. <laughs> Immediately, instantly, instant evaluation of your condition. No, you're none of the above. You just need to grow. Every once in a while, I get to visit my grandchildren. Lively eight-year-old daughter, Alisa. Whenever she greets Grandpa, she's so affectionate. She never says, Grandpa, my life is absurd and meaningless. I cannot do anything. I cannot drive a car. My dad knows how to fly a plane. I have no idea how to fly a plane. I, I just am hopeless. I'm meaningless. If she came at me that way, I would say, you, we need, a, you need therapy. <laughs> 
she's just eight. She's just eight. And you know what? She's going to be eight until she's nine. But before too long, she'll be 19. And when she's 19, she'll have an ability and have an awareness she doesn't have at eight. That's what I mean when I say, be what you are until you're different. Doesn't mean, okay, this is what I am I'm in the flesh. Ron says, be what you are. Okay, I'm going to obey. No, no, no. It's just don't pretend. Don't worry about it. Let the Lord grow in you. Love him. Turn your heart to him. Enjoy him. Do all the positive things. Eat him. Drink him. Breathe him. Assimilate him. Gaze at him. Let him shine into you. Do things like this, and life will gradually grow. And you will reach the stage of knowing the body. How good if more in the Lord's recovery reach this stage before the age of 40. Wow. What kind of care would emerge from this? Okay. So now we're talking about the consciousness of the body. And I hope no one is now working at trying to be conscious of the body. Because you will just become conscious of yourself trying to be conscious of the body. So let it go. Be simple. Be happy in Jesus. Okay? Amen. A. In order to live the body life, we need to be conscious of the body of Christ. Amen. The consciousness of the body of Christ is the sense of Christ's life within us. Okay? But it's in our spirit. We have these other layers. That's why these other layers have to be touched. This sense originates from the Spirit of God and from God's life in our spirit. So the shepherd in you will teach you the difference between your feeling and the sense of Christ's life within you. I believe all of us have some degree of experience. You have a sense. And if you sense that you have a sense, then you pray about it and open it to the Lord for him to confirm that. If we exercise this sense, it will cause us to become conscious of matters related to the body. And this sense will become the consciousness of the body. So suppose tomorrow morning, for no reason, you're just sad. Well, that feeling of sadness may not have anything to do with you. Instead of just assuming, I've got to figure out why I'm sad. You may want to ask the Lord. And this came upon me a few days ago. I had to ask the Lord. Is there sadness somewhere? Is this something in the body? Instead of lapsing into myself, I'm sad, so I've got to do something to be unsad. Well, it's not my own sadness, perhaps. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And so we bring this to the Lord. Lord, what is this? And very often, you'll get some understanding. You need to pray. 
And the Lord doesn't give you an explanation. He says, a name comes to you. A situation comes to you. And you simply pray. Because that person is going through something at that time. And the head wants to care for that member through the prayers and of another member. So he gives you this feeling. This is becomes the consciousness of the body. If we have the sense, the consciousness of the body, when others suffer or are blessed, we will identify with them and feel the same hardship or blessing. Sometimes you just are flooded with life for no reason. And really, you didn't have a spectacular holy revival. You might not have even read what's in the gray completely. You were a naughty morning revivalist, right? You didn't finish. And yet, you know, because of circumstances, you know, things happen, right? But this life is flushing in. Okay, don't think, I'm victorious, I'm soaring, I'm an overcomer. No. Life is flowing to you from another part of the body. Someone is being blessed. Someone is being honored. And you get to share in that. To me, this is one of the most touching things that we may have no reason to grieve in our present circumstances. But when someone else is suffering, we have the capacity to suffer what they suffer. If we're in the self, we're impervious. We can't do that. Or... Someone else is blessed, and we're not exactly in that kind of situation. And when we hear about if we're in the self, we say, well, why do some people get all the blessing? Why, why, why are their kids superstars post-FDTA, and, and mine are in a far country? God isn't fair. This is, no, but when we have the consciousness of the body, we spontaneously rejoice. Oh, what, what a realm to live in, okay? C, the consciousness of the body of Christ comes from the organic union with Christ, the enjoyment of Christ, and the living in the inward parts of Christ. And this somewhat repeats what we shared from another angle yesterday. We may cultivate the consciousness of the body by living in the organic union with Christ. The body exists in this organic union. When we are in it, we are in the body as a reality. Romans 12 speaks of the body from the angle of the organic union, from a life that unites us not only with Christ, but with all the other members of the body. So therefore, we're beyond space and time. I firmly believe, but I can't prove this, that Brother Nee's situation in those 20 years was something like this. He is living in the body in a desperate situation, suffering physically and psychologically all the time. Yet he said, I maintain my joy. I do believe he is receiving the life supply again and again through the prayers Brother and Sister Lee and others who are living in the body, they can't have contact with him physically, but they're suffering what he is suffering, 
and they're praying and the life supply is released. At the same time, because of the depth of his suffering, he is touching realms of life hitherto untouched. Then through him, this life flows throughout the whole body. This I'm reasonably sure of because in one of his messages on the body, he says, as soon as you touch life, the body receives it. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to give a message. You don't have to write a book. And unbeknownst to him, during those 20 years, his ministry is spreading everywhere. In one sense, he wasn't like a hero there. Sometimes we idolize people wrongly. There are no heroes in the body. There are only members in the body. And when a member prevails, it's because the head and the body together supply him and sustain him. And yes, he should receive the overcomer's reward for his personal victory, but he knows deep within. This was a body matter. Spirituality is a body matter. It's all a body matter. We are one body in Christ having an organic union with him. This union makes us one with Christ and with all the other members of the body. We will grow in this. Our capacity will be deepened. It will be enlarged. The body is beyond space and time. Someone in Boston, we just have a sense they don't know it. The suffering is in Australia. Something is going on there. You don't even know. Maybe weeks later, you get some information of a certain thing that happened. There was a period of time the whole church in San Francisco walked through the valley of the shadow of death, losing two of their elders and other things happening. I don't know when I've seen anything like it. And one of my visits there, I was with them as they're passing through this. Well, the church in San Francisco is not going to send out an announcement. We are going through this. But those living in the body will have a sense, and some will pray, San Francisco, Lord, San Francisco, cover and protect the church in San Francisco. Supply San Francisco. Then you meet someone at a semi-annual training, and you just find out that during that period of time, that was the darkest time for the whole church. Yet, they were supplied mysteriously from some source. This is real. Two, we may cultivate the consciousness of the body by enjoying the all-inclusive Christ who is the head of the body. So in Colossians, Christ is the head of the body, but he is the all-inclusive, all-extensive Christ. So instead of trying to be conscious of the body, enjoy Christ who is the head of the body and as you enjoy Christ, who is the head of the body, he will make you conscious of what he is conscious of to the extent that you as one of the members need this. The precious all-inclusive Christ whom we enjoy is the head of 
the body. The Christ we enjoy is the head who causes us to be conscious of the body. Therefore, the issue of enjoying Christ and holding him as the head is that we have the consciousness of the body of Christ. I do know a number of sisters in particular, they're learning this. And this is really a key to their care for others and for the church. When matters are brought to them, they don't try to solve the matter first. There is a point somewhere in the book, the elders' management of the church, that is really crucial for anyone caring to help others. And Brother Lee says, first care for the person and then for the problem. So a person comes to you with a problem. And so you can be focused on the problem. And even though you have no idea what the solution is with a good heart, you're trying to help with the problem, but you're not solving your own problems while you're there with that person with the problem. But even if you have a way to help them, there's a person here. And what these sisters are learning to do, and I see the effects of it, someone comes with a real problem, the younger sister, this and that's bothering her, and these sisters help them enjoy the Lord. They sing together. They read ministry together. They pray together. You figure, what, what kind of shepherding is this? I came with this problem. I need help with my problem. Well, sister knows that you yourself need to enjoy the Lord. He is the head. And as we enjoy the Lord as the head, the head will give the sense. Then the sister may or may not have some fellowship, right? She may or may not. That, that helps resolve the matter. Or the younger sister may say, it's okay. Everything is fine now. Because actually, I was, I know, I was the problem. So this is quite precious. Instead of trying to be conscious, when will I be conscious of the body? The head is conscious of the body. The head is this wonderful person who is our all-inclusive enjoyment. Don't try to be anything. Don't try to feel anything. Just live in him, enjoy him. And by enjoying him, you'll begin to have the consciousness of the body. And the last point we may cultivate the consciousness of the body by living in the inward parts of Christ Jesus. All these work together. We're living in him. Then his feeling becomes ours. Then we may act upon that feeling according to the head's direction. I do believe the Lord wants to shepherd his recovery in this direction. In 1994, when Brother Lee gave the messages on blending, he gave this testimony. He was thanking the Lord for all the hundreds of churches on the earth. And the Lord asked him, is this all I want? Where is the reality of the body? And <clears throat> Brother Lee said in 1994, he did not see the reality anywhere. So he ministered on blending as a way to usher us into this reality. That is when he showed us the local churches are the procedure 
The body is the goal, okay? This is where we're going. This is where the whole recovery is going. Wherever you are, if you're brand new, you just got saved a couple months ago, you're part of this, okay? You're part of the family. You're a member of the body. We're all in different stages. We're not in rivalry. We're not in a race against each other. We're not in competition. We're growing together. It is really good that not everybody is young and not everyone is a young adult and not everyone is middle-aged. It's good there are some not young saints that have been going on with the Lord so they can help us see the direction. But we are going to touch the reality of the body of Christ. We're going to build up the body of Christ. Then you already heard what happens. The built-up body is the prepared bride. The body becomes the bride. The bride becomes the army. The army becomes the stone. The stone becomes the mountain. And now, lo and behold, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. I can testify. I live and breathe for this. This is God's economy. This is the Lord's recovery. This is the issue of living in the inward parts of Christ Jesus. May the Lord bless you all wherever you are. Wherever you are now is okay. You start from where you are. You come to the Lord as you are. You open to him. Let him cherish you, nourish you, shepherd you, heal you, dispense himself into you. You will grow. So next time we meet, maybe I'll come back here. I don't know. Maybe I'll see you somewhere else. I don't know that either. But we'll have the sense Christ is increasing in all of us. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord that we can be in today's recovery. Please confirm the speaking. Let's again follow last night's practice of 90 seconds with some kind of musical indicator when you've reached the end point. Just follow the Lord's flowing within you. Whoever you are, whatever your age, wherever you're sitting, the brothers are quick. They'll get the microphone to you and share 90 seconds worth of something from the Lord that will supply us all. Please don't hesitate. Okay.